When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it was a historic day for Queensland cricket on Saturday as the Queensland women's team claimed their first ever WNCL title with a win over Victoria in the final at the Junction Oval. Georgia Redmayne, as the winning skipper on the day, had the privilege of holding up the Roof Pretty Cup and it capped off a fantastic season for her, marking, well, certainly making her mark firstly with the Brisbane Heat in the WBBL and then scored a couple of centuries in the 50-over format, including a wonderful unbeaten century in the final. She's one of the great stories, I think, to come out of women's cricket in this country and is a great role model for young players, combining her cricket commitments throughout much of her career with life as a doctor and also previously ploughing through a medical degree. I'm pleased to say that Georgia Redmayne is on the line. Thanks for joining us and a big congratulations to you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, that's a very nice wrap from you guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Certainly deserve it. And you've had an outstanding month, as I said, with the bat. And on Saturday, you scored an unbeaten century, took two catches, executed two stumpings and got to hold up the trophy for Queensland as skipper. Does it still feel surreal? Yeah, it is a bit. It was all a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. We um, we flew into Melbourne, I think, two days before the game, and then it was about just after nine o'clock the night before the game. We we all got all these messages saying that we had to be COVID swapped. So <laughs> we had a, we had people were settling in to go to bed. I think one person was in bed and woke up to all these messages, and um, so we all had a we all had a COVID swap about ten ten thirty the night before the game. So that's that's something new for all of us. Nice. Um, and then when we, we had to kind of wait for those to all come back negative the next morning, which they did, thankfully. And then, um, you know, we arrived at the ground. It was raining. So mm. um, we had about an hour delay on the start. So it was just really nice to get on. And, um, yeah, special moment for all the girls. And um, the first ever WNCL title for Queensland is something that we're all really proud to be a part of. And, yeah, we really embraced the day. Uh, sensational. Must have been a hectic 24 hours in the lead-up. Just on that point before we get stuck into the final, what's life like for you at the moment experiencing lockdown? Because I'd imagine where you are, which is sort of around the New South Wales-Queensland border for much of last year, you probably haven't experienced life like this uh, with a significant lockdown. At least it's only for a few days, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We got we got away pretty easily um, last year, especially where I was. But Kind of being in Brisbane now, we're two out of the three days of lockdown done, and you know, fingers crossed that when the news comes across tomorrow morning, that we'll we'll be finishing up tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a bit different, but you know, it's the right thing to do. Now, I heard a word from the inside, Georgia, that when you are in celebration mode, you go by the alter ego Dr. Redwine as opposed to Dr. Redmayne. Now, you were named best on ground for the match or player of the match. Was Dr. Redwine named best on ground for the after party? And if not, who was? Um, I, <laughs> I, I, was I don't think I was best on ground, but... Um... Yeah, I think I think some pretty close calls. I think you could probably tell my voice is a little bit gone. It's quite a bit croaky at the moment. But um, <laughs> not too bad. Georgia Vole, I think, has no voice whatsoever. When at least when we saw her the day after, so 
she was squeaking everywhere because she thinks she's quite a good singer. Um, <laughs> but I think actually um, Charlie, not one of our one of our younger girls. We had we had everyone's families in, and we like to say that her parents were probably best on ground actually really? at the after party. So um, yeah, her dad was great. So um, yeah, it was um, it was certainly some pretty great celebrations, and yeah, it was really special to kind of share with with families and partners and that type of thing. So. Um, yeah, it's it a pretty special evening back at our hotel in in uh, in Melbourne, and then we kind of came back to Brisbane, had one more day, and and now we're all in lockdown, recovering. So <laughs> it's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's probably tempered things out. Charlie Knotts an identical <laughs> twin, isn't she? So I wonder if was the identical yes, twin yeah. sister there? No, she wasn't. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was just her parents there, and um, from from the from the Knot camp. It was funny actually. All the all the family and. Um, supporters who had come from Brisbane as well. They all had to get swabbed and um, a few of them weren't, weren't allowed into the ground because I think their results weren't back. So, um, yeah, it was certainly an interesting time for the Queensland supporters as well as the players. Yeah, I'll touch on that in a moment as well because it was interesting watching some of the supporters outside the ground on the other side of the fence, literally in the <laughs> garden there around the Junction Oval. I had the privilege of commentating both your centuries for Fox Sports and KO this season. And apologies for all of the doctor references in advance in case you get annoyed <laughs> by that. Couldn't help myself. But one thing I have noticed about your game is you've been able to play more aggressively compared to seasons past, but at the right moments in your innings, like... Smashing that full toss down the ground off Tess Flintoff. That was certainly my favourite shot of your innings. Is that something you've consciously worked on heading into this season? Yeah, I think so. It's something I've kind of been working on for, for a long time now. And um, it's nice to kind of see it pay off a little bit. Um, I got a lot of confidence coming from the Big Bash season earlier in the year. So, um, yeah, kind of trying to build on that. And I've done a lot of work with our coach, um, Ash Nocky, kind of, especially during the preseason this year. And, yeah, it's, it's nice to see all that all that hard work paying off in a way, and I think you know I probably benefit as well with it with the batting lineup that we have. That it it allows me to kind of go out there and play pretty freely when you know you've got you know Beth Mooney, Je- uh, Jess Jonathan, mm-hmm. the Harris sisters. Um, you know you've got a lot of talent in that team, so it just really allows you to kind of free up and express yourself in that way. And there was a lot of depth in that side because, you know, Laura Kaminsa, I think, was dismissed for only a few runs. Grace Harris made about 20-odd, but you still had the depth mm. there to pick up in case, you know, one or two players are dismissed cheaply. There's plenty of depth in that Queensland squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the most pleasing thing is you look all the way down our order and someone's had a significant contribution of, you know, a half century at least um, pretty much all the way down. Um, you know, Georgia Vole's been great up the top this mm. year and, and Charlie Knott had a great um, 60-odd against against New South Wales. And then Michaela Hinckley, who's probably only batted about twice all season because, um, you know, we've, we've chased down a lot of totals. She's, she came out and, and hit an amazing kind of runnable 50 there in the middle. And mm. I think the way she batted, it was the, the game was probably kind of a really important phase at the time. And I was probably struggling to, to time the ball at that point. And um, the way she batted um, and that partnership that we built on um, – I think that was that was probably the match-winning time of the game, to be honest. Of course, Michaela Hinckley ended up taking the winning catch. We're speaking with victorious Queensland skipper Georgia Redmayne. Another thing I noticed is that you seem to build your way into the innings, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe after about 15 deliveries before you gradually increase the scoring. And particularly when you have Georgia Vole alongside you, that makes sense because she's very aggressive with her strokes early on and gets you into a pretty good foundation. Beth Moody during the season as well, who's a run machine as we know. Is that something you strategically have worked on with your partners out in the middle? 
it's not something that I think about too much. Like I'm counting to 15 balls or anything. I think okay. like for me, I'm, I'm trying to kind of just try to see the ball and approach it each ball as it comes. And I think it just has so happened that way um, in a few of the games that, yeah, I've probably been a little bit watchful at the start, but um, yeah, I think I try to build on it. And I guess, you know, it naturally comes easier um, the longer you're in there, you're seeing the ball a bit better. So it's not like a, a significant tactic or anything like that. It's right. probably just the way that things have turned out, to be honest. Oh, fair enough, too. Have you enjoyed the captaincy responsibility? Because for some players, it could be, it depends on the player themselves, but it could be either a burden or a blessing. Obviously, it doesn't seem to detract from your game based on your form, but do you like the extra responsibility? Um, I think I think I, I kind of do like the responsibility. It's um, it's it's a pretty pretty great privilege to be able to you know captain your state team, and um, I think JJ's obviously been a brilliant leader for us all year, and I've just tried to kind of keep the same kind of style, um, I guess, that she's had and the, the confidence that she's instilled in all our players, um, try to replicate that. And, um, yeah, I think I think it's kind of, it's nice to be able to, to try to lead from the front in that way and, um, yeah, lead by example. So that's something that I try to relish. We're speaking with the Queensland skipper, Georgia Redmayne, who skippered her side to victory in the WNCL final on Saturday. Were you able to share the win on Saturday in the final with your own family? I noticed before, and as you mentioned, some of the family members who came from Brisbane were watching from outside the fence in the surrounding parklands of the Junction Oval because of the COVID situation. And I think from what I saw in the commentary box, they were eventually allowed in. Uh, did your parents get to share in the spoils? Yeah, they were there. So um, because, yeah, they're not from Brisbane, so um, yeah. they're from northern New South Wales. So, yeah, they were there. They had a big uh, Go Queensland banner at the front of the grandstand. You might have seen on the footage. Um, was that your parents, was it? Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing that. Yeah, that was them with, with that banner. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was great to have them there. And, and my aunt, who lives in Albury, um, came down as well. So, yeah, there, we we had all the kind of families and um, everything. Everyone came into, came into our change room after the game. So it was really nice to be able to kind of share that experience with them. Oh, sensational. I remember seeing it as I walked in and I thought, gee, the Queenslanders are on today. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, your father, I think, was the one who introduced you to the game, didn't he? he was, he's a dentist uh, back in, the, in your country, New South Wales town. It must have been really special to get to share the moment with him in particular. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, cricket's quite a loved game by, by all my family, really. And, um, yeah, I kind of always um, had kind of backyard games with my brother and, and my dad um, played club cricket at, you know, the local club as well. And um, he was kind of my, my coach all through my junior years, um, coached the, the junior club teams um, in Austinville, which is a town where I grew up yep. and um, has always been a really good influence um, with me and my cricket and um, so supportive as well. And, you know, we travelled many a miles in the car um, being kind of a country, country girl and playing a lot of country champs. Um, going up through the the junior ranks in New South Wales, so um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty lucky to to be able to have such a supportive family, and uh, yeah, my dad in particular kind of taking on that coaching role for me. Absolutely, is it true you could have gone down the road of being a gymnast? Because isn't your sister a gymnast from memory, from what I've read, or was <laughs> my sister is a gym uh, was a gymnast? Yeah. That's correct, um, but I was terrible at gymnastics. I, um, <laughs> I absolutely hated it, so. Yeah, like my brother would be off playing cricket on the weekend and my sister would be, be at gym and they're like, oh, Georgie, you can do cricket or, or gym, like just to try to make it a bit easier. And I'm like, mm. I hate gym. So that's probably how I got into cricket, to be honest. Um, so, 
Yeah, no, that I, I am not flexible at all, and gymnastics is definitely not my forte, so I'm glad I went with cricket. Fantastic. We're speaking with Georgia Redmayne here on SEN. How proud are you of the bowling attack? Because we've spoken already about the batting lineup, but they were pretty pivotal as well, the bowling attack. Grace Harris had a blinder, took a bag of wickets. Lily Mills took the massive wicket of Elise Villani. Courtney Sippel, I thought, had a pretty consistent season as well. How have you rated your bowling attack throughout the season? Yeah, I thought, well, in the final especially, um, really disciplined performance. Um, and I guess, yeah, throughout the whole season, it's kind of been a bit of an up and down season. I think, you know, our first couple of games, mm. we, we had a few losses where we probably identified our bowling was a bit two sides of the wicket. And, um, you know, credit to the girls. They've gone away and worked really hard. And I, I think the way that we bounced back against WA after after losing the ACT and, and South Australia, we had WA four to five um, in that next game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like we've had we've had girls who've been in and out of the team and, um, that's really created quite a lot of, you know, competition for spaces. And, um, yeah, you mentioned Courtney Sipple. It's her first um, season in WNCL, and um, she's been really great for us, really kind of nailed down her spot all year and, um, you know, bowling in some really pivotal times and showed great change-ups and maturity, I thought. And, um, yeah, in the final on the weekend, we, we knew that spin would be quite a good matchup for a lot of the Victorian girls. And, yeah, for Lily Mills and... And Gracie Harris to, to get seven wickets between them uh, was pretty impressive. And for Lily, it was only her second game in WNCL. So, uh, yeah, it's really great to see the way that, you know, everyone's really evolved and grown throughout the season and, and the way that they're all able to kind of step up for the big stage. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mentioned in the intro that you are a doctor and you completed your medical degree alongside playing cricket at a professional level, which is an absolute rarity in this day and age all over the world. I'm slightly younger than you, and I actually combine working in the legal profession with broadcasting here, which I thought was demanding, but you probably smashed me out of the ballpark with your combination. Do you still wonder how you've been able to do that? And do you get enough sleep as well, just out of concern? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's always a good question. I always love my sleep. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think I've been really lucky, just the timings of it. I think if I, I for starting medical school now and trying to do cricket at the same time, it would be completely impossible. Um, like, when I when I started my medical degree, I was, you know, I was playing club cricket on the weekends and um, kind of was in the New South Wales kind of training squad as, like, a, a reserve, reserve wicketkeeper at the time. And, mm. um yeah, like it was kind of training two nights a week and that was the commitment, whereas, you know, now it's so much more professional. Um, like I think I think the way that my kind of uni degree developed in terms of, um, you know, time in lectures and practice and everything and the way that cricket's developed, it kind of worked out in a in a good way in that there was probably less contact hours at uni, I guess, at the later stages of my degree where I could kind of balance with cricket a little bit more easy. So, um, yeah, and, and kind of being finished now and... Once I once I finished uni, it was probably a bit easier with work, arranging more part time um, hours. Um, so I think yeah, I graduated at the right time. Um, yeah, pretty fortunate that I've had some pretty amazing people helping me out along the way and um, giving me some pretty great flexibility. Do you find combining the two can be a blessing in disguise? Because I know in my own experience, one profession can interchange as a good outlet for the other mentally more than anything else. Plus, it can be financially beneficial as well. So. When you think about it, has it been a very beneficial experience for you combining the two? Definitely, I think. Um, yeah, I've said I've said a few times. I think, like you know, kind of medicine and cricket, they both can be pretty demanding in their in their own way. Uh, you know, kind of professional sport, and 
um, you know, if you if you're doing just one, it can be um, you know, quite full on and, you know, for medicine, for instance, if you kind of take your work home with you, it can um, be really depressing at times um, given everything that you see and have to deal with at work. So it's nice to have a nice uh, outlet um, after that. You know, if, you, if you've had a really tough day or, you know, you've had a handful of patients die or something like that, you can just go to the net and, and hit some cricket balls and it's fine and, you know, getting a duck or dropping a catch is, isn't really the end of the world at the yeah. end of the day. So um, it kind of gives you a, a good perspective on things like that. And, um, you know, and same with cricket, I think, um, you know, it's great to be more and more professional, but it's really great to have that kind of work. Uh, well, cricket life balance as well. And, um, you know, kind of, yeah, that, that, that more perspective on, on that it is a game and you can just enjoy it for what it is rather than maybe focusing too much and on your own performance and, um, I guess where you're at. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's really nice to have something else in your life. Um, probably wouldn't say that it's the easiest thing to combine the two, but, um, yeah, I think it's great for me to have, um, two different facets that I can kind of flip between at different times. We're speaking with victorious Queensland cricketer Georgia Redmayne. Just on that last point there, I mean, you are a human being at the end of the day. Has it ever become <laughs> overwhelming with the sheer time and commitment for both professions? Have you ever got to a point where you think, oh, gee, this is too much at the moment? Or have you ever had a situation where someone you work with in either job has said, well, you're not committing enough time. Maybe you should consider dropping something or easing the load? Um, yeah, like, you know, you kind of have people who um you know kind of detractors in a way and you know like I've had some people in cricket tell me like you know you're trying to do too much you won't end up with anything and you know you should you know like you know do one thing more more focused but like for me as I was saying it's it's always been a really big aid for me is is doing both because it helps your mind just switch off um in between either cricket or work or anything like that and I think for me a big focus I kind of um, you know, get through uni and then get through my internship, and and now I'm probably freed up a lot more of the fact that I've I've kind of you know got my internship done, so I've got a lot more free time on my hands if I want to do that. So um, yeah, it's I've kind of feel like I've reached a really nice point now where if I do want to have some more time off from kind of medicine and pursue cricket, I'm, I do have that option. So um, yeah, trying to keep a, a good focus and and have like a, a goal or a endpoint in sight that you can you know, switch to one or the other if, if you so choose. But, um, yeah, I think some people in, in medicine, they're like, wait, what, you play cricket professionally? <laughs> and they find it um, quite funny. But, you know, for all the people who maybe think that it's it's too much or it's too challenging or, mm. you know, I'm neglecting one or the other, I think there's been way more people who've been so supportive. And, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've, like, all through uni and, and, um, yeah, like my working when I was at the Tweed Hospital, just the flexibility that I was shown was was amazing. And, and Queensland Cricket couldn't have been more supportive as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for all the help that I've had. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to combine the two, I think, as well. Just on the fact that you have to combine one commitment to another commitment, did you ever, during the journey, particularly when you were studying, did you ever ensure that you had time for yourself, you know, for your social life and everything like that, or just to relax? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it, it's always a bit hard. Um, I, through a lot of my uni, I was really lucky. I was at Coffs Harbour and um, we had a really great kind of group of students and we're all kind of like one big family. Like there's about 16 or 17 of us. So 
um, yeah, I was really lucky, like in that social scene, I guess, that we really helped each other out with our studies and, and kept an eye on each other outside of that as well. So, um, yeah, I've been really fortunate. I really like kind of that team environment, I guess, with my background in sports. And, um, yeah, sometimes you feel like you're trying to fit everything in and it's a little bit hard to get, you know, sleep, social life, cricket, studies all, all together at times. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it hasn't always been easy. But, um, yeah, I think know that you can kind of get through those tough times um, you know, it's, it's been pretty pretty worth it in the end. That's right. You made a success of it. We're speaking with Georgia Redmayne here on SEN. Just back to the cricket, can you see a potential spot now in the Australian squad potentially opening up for you now based on your form? Because I found a stat actually that said out of the top 10 run scorers in the last WBBL season, you were the only player, I think, not to have played for your country. You have played for Australia A in the past though, but is that burning desire to represent your country now even greater as a result of your recent form? I think, you know, I've always had that kind of desire to, to represent your country. And I think it's probably doubled with, you know, a few people saying, oh, you'll never do that if you're studying medicine or being a doctor. <laughs> so um, that's kind of, you know, fueled my fire a bit to, to prove some people wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get the opportunity. And um, but, you know, I think as well as that, I think if you focus too much on that, then that's when your performances do drop. So I think... Um, you know, this year I haven't really been thinking too much about it and that's probably why, you know, I've probably played a little bit better as well. You have to just have more of a freer mind and just play in the moment. But, um, yeah, like at the same, same time, I think obviously there's, um, you know, Elisa, um, a wicketkeeper. So, you know, you've yeah. got Elisa Healy and Beth Mooney who are both kind of one and two there. Um, so it's always been a pretty hard spot for me to try to break into. But, um, you know, hopefully if I can keep putting performances there as a batter, then hopefully I might get considered at one point and, um, you know, you can only control what you can control. And um, otherwise, I'm pretty grateful that I was able to play for Queensland this, this weekend and, and get a win there whilst the Aussies were away. Uh, just a few more before I let you go, and we appreciate your time. Uh, you mentioned before about your keeping, and we know your batting has improved in leaps and bounds. How does the enjoyment in keeping behind the stumps compare to batting? Would you class yourself also as a loud person who keeps the chatter up in the background, or do you just go about your business? And I noticed whilst a couple of the stumpings, I know the Victorians were going after it later, particularly when it looked as if the game was all over, but it was still a fantastic effort and great reflexes from you behind the stumps. How do you enjoy the keeping side of it? Uh, oh, well, first of all, thank you. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's it's obviously something that I've always loved doing is, is wicket-keeping, and it's kind of... I was naturally kind of gravitated towards it because, you know, you feel like you're always in the game and, um, you know, you get the best view of, of what's happening in the match. So, um, yeah, I've always kind of thought of myself as, you know, a keeper batter and, um, yeah, like when you're the one wicket keeper in the team, that's your most important kind of contribution to the game. So, um, and then runs on top of that are obviously really important. But, um, yeah, I kind of love being able to keep and, um, yeah, I think in terms of uh, chatter, I like to think that I can be a little bit witty at times. But, um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you want to try to get be that fielding leader and, and bring the energy to the group. Um, I probably wasn't chatting as much um, the last couple of games also being captain because I've had about 50 other things on my mind. But um, obviously when, when JJ's back, I try to be a bit of a you know a voice in the group and, and try to get the girls' energy up. Speaking with Georgia Redmayne, what about life after cricket? I know it's still a fair way away uh, and there's plenty of action to come from you, but 
Will you stay in the game in some capacity if you decide to go down the medical path uh, full-time, for instance, once you retire? Do you still think you might stay in the game in some capacity, whether it be coaching, maybe through commentary or media or some kind of support role or even combining the two, maybe from a medical team point doctor. of view? Yeah, team doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't really thought about it too much. I think, yeah, team doctor could be a good option for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like kind of... The media stuff as well, I find really interesting um, and really, really, yeah, really enjoy that kind of side of things too. Um, but yeah, I haven't really thought too much. I'm probably not up for coaching or managing, I'd say, but um, <laughs> especially at a kind of a professional level, at least. I'd, I'd love to kind of do some more community stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah, probably medicine and yeah, I guess any other opportunities that come through the game would, would be great too. I love, I love watching and talking about cricket. So yeah. I'm a bit of a, yeah, cricket badger in a way. So. Cricket, cricket nuffy. We're all like that. Don't worry about that. Now, uh, Laura Jolly told me in the commentary box that you're on the lookout for another job in the medical profession at the moment. Are you going to take some time out to relax and reflect a bit on the season you've had or are you just in full throttle uh, looking at the next step, particularly ahead of the off season? Um, at the moment, just wanting to get out of lockdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think... I think kind of with the off season, um, I'll probably be a good chance to to get a little bit of work in as a doctor. I do have to do, you know, about at least like kind of a month a year to kind of keep my registration. So I'll try to get that done in the off season, sort of free me up a bit during the cricket season again. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'll have a little bit of time off first. I was I was planning a, a, a holiday to Tasmania with my sister this week, but had to cancel that because oh, of the border no. closures. So. Um, hopefully All the weekends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully things do open up again. Now, to finish off with, I'll take you on a fast five. So this is questions not related to cricket in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, very quick sort okay. of quick, quick sort All of right. a questionnaire. I'm a bit nervous. Oh, uh, you'll be fine. <laughs> when we are allowed, just a nice little segue here. When we are allowed to travel mm-hmm. overseas again, where is some place mm-hmm. you've never visited but would like to see? Well, I've actually been really keen to go to New Zealand for a while now, and I thought with the with I thought we'd have a travel bubble by now, so I was really planning on going to New Zealand. But yeah, I'd love to go there once once the first borders open up. I reckon I'll be trying to get over to New Zealand. Sensational! Now, your father was a dentist, or is a dentist, I think. Still, did you ever think of an excuse to get out of going to the dentist in your childhood? Was it ever successful? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was never like scared. You know, you hear about like kids being scared of the dentist and all that stuff, but. I kind of liked it because I kind of just walk in and everyone knows you. And um, so I never really needed an excuse. Um, you know, I always came away with a nice big sticker or something. So um, I always kind of liked going to the dentist because it was my dad. But I thought he looked a bit weird with, you know, the mask on and everything. But, um, yeah, no, I never really needed an excuse. I'll tell you what, if he ever came to Victoria last year, he would have blended in with the mask. Let me tell you about that. Uh, Favourite band or artist? Is that a difficult one to answer on the spot? Oh, Bit of a difficult one on the spot. Um, or it's kind of like kind of like Coldplay or um, you know something like that. So yeah, I'll say them for now. All right, fair enough. Favorite sport outside of cricket? I'm guessing it's not gymnastics. Oh, love- no, tennis. Absolutely tennis. I used to play a lot as a kid and um, absolutely love watching it when when the Aussie opens on. And would have loved to have gone this year, but you know border closures and everything. But um, yeah, I think I think I always love watching tennis and playing tennis when I can. Do you ever get to play against Ash Barty at all when when she was playing a bit of cricket? 
Um, no, I never did get to play uh, against her. And, yeah, I wasn't kind of around Queensland at that time no. either. So, yeah, I think I'd be really starstruck to get to meet her. I'd love, I'd love that. <laughs> All right. And lastly, what was your favourite subject at medical school? And we may need a bit of translation because uh, our medical, particularly <laughs> my medical knowledge, not very good. <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. It was all pretty tough, to be honest. Definitely not public health or anything like that. Um, I like when I when I knew it, I liked anatomy. But like when you oh. don't know it, it's really hard. Um, you kind of cram into the exams. So I kind of like the anatomy kind of practical exams that we did. Um, but yeah, that's a tough question. There, there's so many kind of um, different yeah aspects. So yeah, I, I reckon I'll say anatomy. That's all right. You had me at anatomy. I probably wouldn't have understood anything further than that. Yeah, I didn't want to go like <laughs> physiology, pharmacology, all of that stuff. I thought it might be a bit too much details, but um, yeah, let's go anatomy. All right, sensational. <laughs> Georgia. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Really appreciate your time. Congratulations on your past month, really, or indeed your past season. And to skip a Queensland to a historic WNCL title, it must have been a great thrill and something nobody can take away from you. You're part of the history books officially. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Thanks so much. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91